0: They call me the doctor. What the doctor? I am the doctor. I'm the, the, the doctor. I'm the doctor. I am the doctor. I'm the doctor. Greetings humans, Daleks, Time Lords, and zarbi. You're listening to Exterminating Doctor Who. This is the show where we take Doctor Who's most popular episodes and debate if they're really as good as their reputations. With your hosts, Aaron Gula. And me, George Ellis. And in today's episode, we are talking about an adventure in space and time. Very, uh, I'm going to say special episode, because obviously it's not tech, it's not an episode of Doctor Who. But it's also, this, this is going to be released on 21st of November. Which means it marks two occasions, all right? Because on the 23rd of November is, of course, Doctor Who's 58th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And on the 22nd of November, it is one year since our first episode went out. Oh, wow. Love and and Monsters, 22nd of November, 2020. It's it's, it's a double Anniversary. anniversary special, yeah. That's nice. That's quite sweet, actually. Isn't it? There's another time you go, he really thinks about the scheduling, doesn't he? <laughs> I did plan it. I know it's nice to know that you do plan this out because I I, I um I'm just along for the ride, to yeah. be honest, basically. You could sort of get a whiplash just go, Oh, we're with Whitaker yeah. one week, then we're with in yeah. the next week. Now Miscuit. we're with no, none of them this week. <laughs> yes, with the well, with one of them um mm-hmm. for all of thirty seconds. But um And yeah. he's superimposed in front of the console in one of the shots? Yes. <laughs> and then the hands are Clearly not him, and there's yeah. somebody else in his costume. But that's not the point. No. Um, but when you when you're watching, nice it, idea, when you're watching yeah. it through tears, it doesn't really matter. To yeah. be honest with you, it's the idea that <laughs> helps, isn't it. But no, it's a um, something you hadn't seen before. No. But I'd nagged you to. Well, I've nagged you to watch it. I was going, you got to watch it Sunday. You got it. You've got to watch it. It I was, was I it was I less of wasn't you nagging me. I wasn't, me to I wasn't watch saying it. watch it, watch it. I was saying you should watch it someday. Mm. You should watch it. And you were saying you're going to watch it because I've yeah. put it on the schedule. So this yeah. is, like. There's no way you're not watching it, so I'm Mm. going to tell you you're going to enjoy it, but there's nothing you can do to stop me from making you watch it, basically. yes. So So you did. There was no need to nag me. It was just like, you're watching it. Yeah. Good. Good. And the the interesting thing is, whenever you mention it, I'd always be thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Because I'm like, I don't know Hartnell that well. I don't really know much about this point in Doctor Who's history, so it's just kind of like... That was somewhat interesting, but it never really sold me on it. And whenever you explained it, for some reason, my brain jumped to, right, it's going to be some sort of documentary thing, isn't it? Some sort of just people sitting in a room, and then it comes to another person sitting in a room, and they're just talking about the time. And I was like, that's kind of interesting if I really, really cared about or knew about that point in time. Why did you, if you thought it was a documentary, why did you think David Bradley was playing the doc? because well, I thought because because in some documentaries they oh, you do thought these, they'd be reconstructions they do those reconstruction uh, things I'm with you I don't know why I thought that but basically I wasn't really sold on the idea so Aiden shouldn't go into pitching but well I <laughs> assumed you knew what it was basically. yes but I didn't so I, I was never really that excited for it and I and going into it today I was like let's see what this is about I had two panachocolas chocolas and I was ready to watch yes and I sat down and the first thing it hit me with was the moment Where you find out it's the moment just before he passes on the torch. Yeah, but you when he sees the police box. Yes, and then but then you then he walks towards the console. Then it starts the opening. Oh, I see. Yes, that bit. It is that moment just before he passes on the torch. And my first note here is: it's all very magical Mm -hmm. because that moment. I don't have a huge connection to Hartnell, but I do have a huge connection to Doctor Who as a whole entity. I do. So seeing that moment in a purely film sense where it was, it was as if I was there at the time was really quite magical. And I wrote that at the start saying it's all very magical. And that's something that went on for the entire watch. I've got literally those are my notes. Yes. Four little pages of notes. And the idea of it being magical was a, was a blanket statement because it was all incredibly magical. And I just, I want to say from my initial thoughts I really did enjoy it. And yeah. it was something wonderful seeing it as if I were there, seeing the creation of this show that I love. Because without what this was at that point in time, I would not have Doctor Who now. No. And, you, and there were so many moments in it which just broke me just purely because I was connecting through a nostal- nostalgia sense to a moment before my nostalgia was even a thing. So I was connecting to my nostalgia in its adolescence, basically. Mm-hmm. Like when, when they're... My, one of my favourite moments, I'm just going to jump to this very quickly, just mentioning it. When they were di- when they were first discussing the part to Hartnell. Yes. When they were pitching the idea. Yes. Like, C.S. Lewis meets H.G. Wells meets Father Christmas. Perfect. That, that entire scene, and then the music for some reason kicks up because they're, they're also describing the music. But just in that moment, it was done in such a way that I was just there crying my eyes out. So I was like, this is, I'm seeing the birth of something I've, I love. Mm. And that's basically the entire show. Like I'm going to come to this conclusion eventually, but I think the main point is if you like Doctor Who. You're going to like it. Because it just shows you the birth of something you love. No yeah. matter what, no matter what area you jump in on. Because I'm a new Who fanatic. I'm not a classic Who fanatic, but this is <laughs> wonderful. Mm. You yeah. know? the very first you wrote magical the very first thing i wrote was beautiful intro Hmm. because it is just a thing i i do think it is a tone that just follows it all the way through it's just there's something really wonderful about hartnell especially and just the creation of the show because i I was thinking watching it like so many things that like in modern doctor who or the state doctor who now whenever we credit something that's good we always go well russell t davis wrote this bit Well, Stephen Moffat wrote that, and I love that. But when when it's one of those things, you think about it, but neither of them created Doctor Who. They reinvented it, and they added their own things to it, but they didn't create it. And I think the idea of who created Doctor Who is something you don't really ever see talked about very much. Like, you you, you think about, it's an odd, odd example to choose, but you think about a show like Coronation Street, it's odd in right. You'd think it's an odd one to choose, <laughs> but that's because Aiden loves Coronation Street. So well, it's not an odd choice. It's I, just, haven't you're ha- weird. I haven't watched it for quite some- I haven't watched it for quite some time. Um but whatever, whenever that ends, the first credit you see for anything is created by and then whatever the guy's name is who created mm. it. I use a Batman reference now like now and even back then, but now it also says Bill Finger. You it always says Batman created by Bob Kane will be th- with Bill Finger. Mm. And I know that history. Yeah you never see created by Sidney Newman mm. and any of the other names. that Because something that people do criticize about this is that there's a couple of other important producers. I can't think what their names are. But to save time, they combined them into one person, which is the guy who, who says he invented the auto cue. Ah, teleprompter. A teleprompter, yeah. Basically, that, that was like two or three people, but they combined it into one. Because they thought it's far easier than having to follow all these other people. So there's some other names. So if there was if it were a TV show, they could have done that before a film. Yeah. yeah. So I think if there were if there were, you know, gonna be I'll Google the names while I'm talking, but I think if there were like, you know, created by, it'd be Sydney Newman and then a couple of other names. I think C. E. Weber or something is one of them. Um Yeah, I got that right. So if it if it did say created by, it would be Sydney Newman, C. E. Weber, and Donald Wilson. They're the three people that were that created it. And I think that's just something we don't really think about much in Doctor Who today. Mm. And I think something like this, obviously released for the 50th anniversary, is a good way to just kind of really highlight how important this was. Because obviously, yes, this will be some of this will be dramatized and like, exaggerated, and maybe some of it's made up and that kind of thing. But still pretty much the chaotic making of it, the impact it needed to have, you know, all these details are real mm, the difficulty of getting it started exactly. amidst just, an assassination exactly all these things are just like these are all real this is a show that wasn't destined to be oh it's not like we would see it now and go, well of course it would succeed this is a time when that's questionable mm. we don't know if it can succeed and so, it managed to sci-fi do that. was just bug-eyed monsters and robots that's yeah. all it was yeah. so to do something slightly different that that's not what people that's producers can be <laughs> No, I'm one of them on the films I do. I don't like people. They don't want to put money onto something where there's a where it's like, will it work? There's no proof it's going to work. Mm. Why am I going to give you money for this kind of thing? So it wasn't guaranteed to succeed. It just wasn't. Nowadays, maybe it, it, if, it were, if it were a new thing now, maybe it'd have more chance of succeeding initially. But it wasn't guaranteed to, to no. succeed. But it's wonderful seeing that it does, and it's not because the idea is perfect. Because the idea is somewhat flawed early on. There's a reason in, like, New Who, there are some refinements. There's the addition of the time war to give the character a different element of backstory, a bit more depth in other places. There's a reason things change. But the reason it succeeded was because of the people involved with it. Mm. And I saw the producers and you like and the creators. So you saw the creator, Sydney and you saw the producer, Verity Lambert. Lambert. Ah, got it. Um, Verity Lambert, you and the 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 first director played by Sasha Dewan. I forget the character the, the Morris Hussein. Morris Hussein, that's it. You see all these important people. And and obviously, you see William Hartnell. You see all these incredible people and how it's their efforts and their belief in the project that creates yeah, the exactly. show. And honestly, my favorite element of this entire film. Was seeing Hartnell from a light of just seeing Hartnell, because I've seen some episodes of Classic Who, so I've seen the first Doctor, the first Doctor. uh, Well, I've seen William Hartnell play the first Doctor. Yeah, I've seen that, but to actually see Hartnell and see how he viewed and cared for the show. And my favorite, one of my favorite scenes. You notice how I'm saying my favorite scene, and I'm doing a completely different scene. because all the scenes are honestly amazing. Did you write any negative points? uh oh that's a question well, we'll come on to it in a moment I don't think I point. did no I didn't write I didn't write a single one that's why, that's why I said that. no I didn't but I have got a in brackets plus point which is just me saying I'm learning so much because in my filmmaking career it was just useful to see all this yeah, stuff sure. but um one of my favorite moments I don't need to look at my notes because I know it's it's in there somewhere yeah is the moment where he's discussing William Hartnell He's discussing the um the of the doctor with Verity he's saying the but he's talking about the Tardis's console, how it's not been built, and he needs to see it because he needs to see all the buttons because he needs to
1: Label know
0: what buttons, button yeah. does what. Because if he pushes the wrong button and then well, at one point it opens the door, the next point it blows up everyone. He needs to know what does what mm. because the kids are gonna notice. And that scene, although you could just pass it off as just a scene where he's being overbearing with the script, for example, but he's not. What that what he's doing there is he's understanding the character mm. and. Such and the an, importance of the detail. Yes, and, and it's such an early point of the f- creation of the show. He's already invested. If someone's thinking about that kind of stuff, they're invested in the show. Yeah. You know, and he, like, it was a layered thing. And also, he's not just thinking about him needing to know what's happening so the story works. He's thinking about who's going to be watching it and how they're going to view the show. It's a multi-layered thing mm. there. And it was a wonderful insight into Hartnell as a person because he was a professional Because he didn't, and if, and from what I got from this, he wasn't a professional for himself. He was a professional for the, 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 whatever he was creating and the people watching it, Mm. be it adults or be it, in this case, children who Mm. were meant to be scared and not traumatized. And I like that because that is Doctor Who in its essence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also I do believe, well, I do believe, I know for a fact, that is all completely true. Mm. Hartnell did label the console and all that kind of thing because he was like, all of that is true. That did happen. Um. But no, you're absolutely right. It is just seeing Hartnell. It's the kind of thing where I say, this is why Hartnell is so important to me. Because you see how important he is to Doctor Who's legacy. You can go, yeah, well, he's just the first actor who played the Doctor. You know, it's like, no, but Doctor Who wouldn't be successful. If Hartnell was not the first Doctor, would it still be on? I doubt it. That's how important he is to it. Mm. And how important, how much care he had for it is in, is integral and why you know anything in the new series where they suggest there were people before Hartnell I'm like don't because that undermines so much of his legacy we've mentioned this before the idea of the time's child and all that coming before and I've always agreed with you saying it's wrong because it tarnishes the legacy of the doctor's character mm. but now that I see this because it obviously it would it would tarnish Hartnell's legacy but by seeing this show this show this film I can see how much of Hartnell is in Doctor Who. So to say there's something before tarnishes everything to do with Doctor. Who, not just Hartnell. It tarnishes out of <laughs> stuff. but it tarnishes the entire concept of Doctor full stop who? Mm. It tarnishes the entire thing. and it it makes me very upset actually that they're even considering this as a concept because that should not be a thing that's that this is the kind of because this is something i find because i love i love how they even you know they they do give him an arc over the film and how he starts as very grumpy and he's like telling his granddaughter he's like sod off leave me alone kind of thing and by the end of it he is chasing kids in the park playing daleks and things like that and like like you know, because you get two bits in the park, one where his wife is describing Doctor Who to him. And he goes, oh, that sounds interesting. And she goes, it's for kiddies. And his face just kind of drops and he thinks, oh, for God's sake. Well, then he is playing with these kids mm-hmm. and he opens up his relationship with his granddaughter becomes so much better. It a relationship rather than just him getting angry. Yeah, exactly. And it's just you just see how he grew as a person through Doctor Who as mm-hmm. well. And you just see that, like, William Hartnell and Dr. D.R. Who are really like just at like one and the same because you can't, it got to a point where it's kind of like you can't really have one without the other. And I just really love that across this film because it is like, it's why I always say David Bradley plays Hartnell better than he plays the doctor because he just, he nailed, and obviously Mark Gates is writing it, n- nailed w- what Hartnell is and they really captured just the essence of him mm. And giving him a character as well as rather than just going, here's the first guy who played the Doctor, sure, then you, but look how important he actually mm. is. Here was well. William Hartnell and here was his life. Yes. And then this is Doctor Who, something yes. he did. And I, I get what you mean actually, because by seeing um, Baker play Bradley, Bradley, is it Bradley Baker? No, oh, wait, what's his name? David Bradley. David Bradley. Why do there I? There is no Baker involved in this that, situation. That's no, right, right, right. I don't know why I do that, but when I went to write down David Bradley, which is actually my notes, mind you, my brain went Bradley D Baker. Isn't that a Clone Wars? Actor? Yeah, that yeah. is um, the voice actor for a lot of stuff, but mainly <laughs> the Clone, the clones in the Clone Wars. So for, I, that is just something that I it's it's I don't know why, but that's just something. Is that, that the happens. only Bradley you know. Probably, so just... probably <laughs> yes. I'm gonna say yes, but no. David Bradley playing William Hartnell compared to him just playing the the first Doctor outright. I think the reason why this is done better, why he does it better here, is because he's playing Hartnell playing the Doctor and he has that layer behind it, which, which means you see that you see Hartnell in the first Doctor. You know what I mean? Mm. Whereas he yeah, when he's just playing the first Doctor. You're removing Hartnell from the. There's place, an element like where Hartnell, there isn't yeah. Hartnell there. It's the first Doctor, but there's an element where it just where you're not. He's. I don't know if he did do this, but maybe he wasn't thinking. Um, the relevant is he wasn't thinking. Hartnell, then the Doctor. Maybe he just jumped to the Doctor. I do get what you mean. It's very hard to put my finger on it, but there is an element there where it's just not quite. It's not the same. It really isn't actually. Yeah, because I th- I think that every time I watch it, I think. He, he like, nails Hartnell's mannerisms and everything. Like, it's really, like... I wonder how much of Hartnell's stuff he had to... He watched in preparation. Because just, even just from the slight, like, hmm, and all that kind of thing, slight looks and things. it's good You are literally Hartnell. Mm. But then in Twice Upon a Time, for example, it's basically the idea, it's the essence of First Doctor. It's the idea of the First Doctor, but he's not really playing... He's not giving it his own, like in the Five Doctors in the 80s, there's a First Doctor now, but it's not played by William Hartnell because he was dead by that point. They recast him with an actor called Richard Herndall. And that then is, Herndall is not doing an impression of William Hartnell at all. Mm. He's just playing the First Doctor. And he's giving you that idea of what that character was. And that's a bit more like what Bradley's doing, but incorporating some of his Hartnell mannerisms. And it's kind of a bit like, are you playing Hartnell or the doctor? I'm not sure which you're doing mm. at this point. And that's, is it, that's why I've always thought, I do like that episode, but I'm like, I'm your performance here isn't as good as it was in Adventure in Space and mm. Time. And I think it is because, as you said, when you see him recreating scenes, we're not actually watching the doctor. We're watching Hartnell. Mm. So we're any layer of, oh, this is the doctor speaking. We're not thinking that. We're thinking this is Hartnell speaking and he's more believable as Hartnell. Mm. You and you that. told me to, sorry, just quickly, you told me to watch An Unearthly an, an Child, not the pilot, before yeah. this. Just part one. Yes. I don't want to put you through the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> With, uh, yes. But no, compared to that episode, seeing it on... In, um, back Adventure, to back. Yeah, seeing it in mm. Adventure in Space and Time, back to back, it's the same thing. Mm. It's incredible. The other actors... Do less of a good job. Yes. But... They were kind of a bit like... They Bradley. They probably auditioning and just went for who looks the most like them. And even then, they don't really... <laughs> Susan really doesn't. No. I'm like, that's not Susan. No.
1: But well, you got yeah. Fair you're,
0: enough. You're being you're kind doing, and You're sweet. doing the essence of again yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I do also like it that Carolyn Ford is also in it mm. as well. The amount well, of cameos, my word. There are so many as well. Something that I don't get. Yeah, I pointed ones out to you. That I thought, you know, I'll just, I'll just signpost some of these because I feel like you could gl- glance over them. The Carol M. Ford one, I think I would have got without because there is it's it's like a good five seconds of just this random lady screaming, and I'm like, that's good. Dinner's ready. Yeah. The TV I, shows on. I know, I know who this is. Yeah. But the would you have got William Russell? I was going to say that's the one I wouldn't definitely yeah. not. Would like, you have got Nicholas Briggs? I. The voice, yes. Yeah. Seeing him, do, like I got, I got, I got the voice, and then seeing him, I would have put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yes, Mark Gates. If it was just him walking across screen, no idea. Yeah, Mark Gates. Yes, was it Gates or Gattis? Gates. We've had this discussion, haven't mm-hmm. we? Yes. Yeah. Mark, I yeah, I, you that one. You I only. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm better with recognizing voices yeah. than I am actual. people. I actually genuinely only noticed it. I've seen this about fifty thousand times, but I actually only noticed it that that voice that goes that goes Bill can you do that and he goes Mr Hartnell to you I only noted that was Mark Gates today actually mm. um, uh, yeah there, there's more like the guy who comes in and says to Sydney, we're way over budget pull it after four episodes do you know who I mean mm. he played Marco Polo in the episode about Marco Polo that they talk about at some point when they're all fa- sat in those fancy outfits and that kind of it's that. Yes, I believe that's Marco Polo. I'm. I thought they were like, just playing dress up. I'll be honest I'm with you. Doubting myself now, but yeah, that's he plays Marco Polo. There's a bit when it's Verity's leaving party and they're all singing for he's a jolly good fellow. And you might have noticed there's a weird shot on these two random old women. They are companions from this time okay. as well. And there's just so, there's a couple more I think that are just like people from this time or maybe slightly later, but just yeah. generally this time that it's like point of But they're the ones I'm liking. These mean nothing to you, so there's no point in me going, and there is this person. Who could get to the right. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> so that was that one. And obviously, the two other cameos that I left were Reese Shearsmith as mm-hmm. and Matt Smith, of course. Mm-hmm. They were the ones I was like, going, I will let him discover them himself. God, another. Both of them great cameos. First one, just, fe- just that's just a nice cameo. The Matt Smith one honestly broke me yes it like did. seriously I, if you, I can attest from the video he yes. sent me where... if, if Aiden wants I'll send him the raw file and he can put it in the, the YouTube <laughs> video for this <laughs> and you can just see what that did to me <sighs> Jesus Christ what the fuck, oh, fucking hell that bit does get me quite a bit I didn't expect that did not expect to see him. I'm actually a fucking wreck right now. Jesus. Oh, look at that shit. Oh, my... Because I had no idea that was coming. Yeah. And this... In any kind of thing I watch where it's um some sort of celebration of kind of what I know of the of a thing. Like, if it's a Batman celebration and if, like, Kevin Conroy shows up, I'm just there like, oh, my God. Because it's just something wonderful to me and i was watching this thinking this is amazing i've come i I, like this is what doctor who doctor doctor who came from so you see matt smith in the future and david and all that but it was a very separate thing because i this is this is the birth of it so just watching it getting quite emotional at um hartnell's leaving from um mainly Started by him saying, "I don't want to go," <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I was like, "Oh my god!" It's <laughs> so that got me. So I was already quite emotional, and I was just watching him go, and I'm like, "What are you looking at?" I'm crying. What are you looking at? Oh my god, it's Matt Smith, and it, I was just, I was a wreck yeah. because it's one was, of those. It's one of those you watch. You get so emotional, <laughs> but he's not even there. But yeah. it's so emotional. But it's the, it, <laughs> because it was the idea of. A direct passing of the torch yeah. to what the Doctor... And him, just, like, ba- him basically looking at his legacy and his legacy looking back and saying, thank you, basically. I'm getting a bit choked up saying... Exactly, that. yeah. But that's basically, like, what that is, and it is... It's one of those moments that I think... This is one of those things that can age badly mm. because you go, well, he's not the Doctor anymore. This doesn't mean anything. But because this is a 50th anniversary special, and I'm sleeping when it was made, and I think this still is amazing. Like, it could... It, honestly, it, it, I wouldn't have given a rat's-ass which. New Who Doctor, yeah. it was, but it being a New Who Doctor, which is a very different—not very different—but it's definitely a different Doctor Who than yeah. what it was before the reboot. So just seeing Hartnell pass on and be a, and see what he, what he created—it is something. It's it's magic realism for God's sake. It it didn't that didn't happen, but it's the idea that we can see now it was more as something where we can see what the birth was now we can see the the legacy he's created and it's that coming together of the two yeah, yeah. times it is it's, it is a very like it's just it's another magical moment mm. it really is and it, it and as you said it could be something that could have aged badly or could have been seen as pointless but it's such a perfect tying off of the entire episode i think yeah, because it's, it's not something that feels forced. or No. Or, and, 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 or just like, oh, they've just done mm. it for the sake of it. It feels like part of mm. the plot. Because feels... I was watching it thinking it would ni- be nice to have a cameo of maybe someone new who related, you know, apart from obviously Nicholas Briggs. Just someone, like, just new Doctor. And I was like, that, that, that's, it's just going to be a cameo. But having the cameo be the character mm. and be Matt Smith or just Matt and just Matt Smith playing the Doctor, being, having it be the Doctor was just something or is just something amazing you know because i just love that so i'm gonna say where do you want to start as if we haven't been talking for 30 minutes (laughs) but um is there somewhere we want to focus in on shall we focus in on lambert hussein and newman really and just kind of talk about like because we've 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 mentioned it Mm. but like the effort Lambert put into it, I think, is definitely worthy yes, of yes, yes, about. yes, 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 yes. And also, yes. just before we do, something that you know, people cr- people criticize about modern Doctor Who, they go, Oh, it's too woke, as if the people who created it weren't a Jewish woman and a gay Indian man, mm-hmm. and it's like. That seems pretty woke to me. <laughs> I, lo- I, I love that it is that it was created and they were such a heavily influence on being a thing. Yeah. I love that because it's very much just saying, like, whatever idea you think Doctor Who is, it's always been diverse. It just yeah. is, you yeah. know? you got to get over that yeah. fact. you got to get over your own goddamn prejudices and just accept that Doctor Who is a diverse thing. Yeah. And that's good, you know? Yeah. I, lo- I love the bit when they're in the bar and... Um, I love it, because it's never it's never mentioned, but it there's the guy looking at them, mm. and you think he's looking at Verity Lambert, but he's looking at Warris and Warris is looking back. I love that whole mm. bit. And then afterwards, where um I'd like to with a bit of Warris is like going, Oh, imagine if they gave us the, our own show. And then Verity just goes, They have. Hey. <laughs> I just love that. It bit. was the the the, the <laughs> way they portrayed the friendship between the two was wonderful. Yeah. Because that, that's what can happen. And because they were both so invested in the idea in the show, that friendship could blossom because mm. it wasn't... Because their friendship blossomed because there was this other producer. What was... Because he leaves early on. He, Rex Tucker. I think Rex. His name is, oh, yeah. wow. That's... That's different. My name is Rex Tucker. <laughs> and yeah, but... It's, their friendship could blossom because Rex Tucker... <laughs> f- yeah, you know? It's a nice kind of like... This this guy who's just an asshole and is just being so he's just being outright sexist, for God's sake. Sexist, and then there are other people in it. I just not I'm just now I'm just delving into some of the, the, the issues or whatever. <laughs> but um I did I love how it kind of it 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 tackled those issues in a very nice way, in the sense of it it didn't make it a ham fisted effort. It was just this was what was at the time. And these two characters, uh Lambert and Hussein, they powered they they just got through that by just being friends and by focusing on their creation. You know, they got past the the sexism from Rex and then the um racism from one of the cameramen. I love that moment with the cameraman where that he, cameraman appears a lot, doesn't he? He's always like the one who's criticising everything. Because mm. I believe he has three moments. He has the bit when he says the racist comment in the studio. Mm. He has the bit when the Dalek first passes them and he goes, oh, what are they going to do? Whisk up an omelette? And there's a bit when they're all basically It's like, the guy was cast as arsehole. Yeah, <laughs> and there's the bit where uh, Newman and Lambert are really complimenting Hartnell about his career and, he, and they're all laughing. And then he sits on the side reading a paper and he just goes, freaks. And it's the same guy mm. three times. But what I was just going to say, I like that scene on... I, on the camera, because it was, it's nice. Basically, he's being a piece of. Shit. And then it was really nice how the, I think it was, it's the first AD person, yeah. they were very much just like, what? Just, just get, basically, just fuck off and get on with your job. your job. And it was yeah. a, it was a really nice kind of like, yeah, fuck that guy. Cause I was, I was, an, I was like, shut the fuck up, dude. And then someone in the in world universe said, shut the fuck up, dude. And I was like, that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like, I like how it, dealt with those issues by just being, by just showing us the people, And you know? It's, yeah, showing and it's... us the people and showing how the people who are, who are sexist or racist or homophobic or any of these things, the people who are like that, they don't succeed. I like that it showed it like that, mm. you know? Show that these, people <laughs> <you laughs> won't amount to anything in your life. Because it is nice a, it a, is a, like a real life against the odds story, mm. isn't Underdog it? Underdog story, which yeah, I love. They're exactly. Amazing. It is. It, they even say it, they even say, it. we've got to prove it to the, fag smelling tweed whatever blah blah, blah sweaty men, <laughs> and it is just i love that it is something that is a genuine real part of dr who's history it is something that ha- they had to fight for to get off the ground because it was kind of like i need to i need to we need to make this work for yes to get the idea out there because we love the idea and you see lambert is so passionate about. we're not idea, just proving our ourselves through. but they're pro we're proving it to ourselves to them and really just to the nation that this is something that not only you need to see mm. but that we are the right people to make and you do watch this and you go you are absolutely the right people mm-hmm. to make it and i just love that, that that i love that that is a part of real doctor who history mm. it's 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 so easy to watch this and think these are characters you know mm. But then you remember it's it's real history as you said, and yeah. it's such. And you even get the bit at the end when it shows you, you know side by side. I always like that. It's it's important. So yeah. you remember like, the person than yeah, than like just them. the character. They also they've also said obviously, um, uh, let's say Vicky Lambert. Who the hell is Vicky Lambert? Verity Lambert. one. Passed away in two thousand and seven. Mm-hmm. Th- though obviously that means she was very she had a lot of praise for New Who because she saw she'd have seen like two. Series roughly around then, she was very, she was a big fan of New Who. She loved, honestly, that gets me quite emotional. She loved, she loved seeing it back and seeing it like for a new generation. She loved seeing Daleks on merch again and these kind of things. Mm. It was something she was really proud of and she loved seeing, but obviously, she didn't, she passed away in 2007. But Warris Hussein is still alive, and they actually, a, a story that Sasha Dewan says a lot is that um when they got to the read through for it originally, he walked in, and Waris Hussein was there, and he sat behind him the entire time. So Sasha Dewan said it was the most ner- he said the most nervous he's ever been was when he's having to read lines as Waris Hussein, with Waris Hussein sat, yeah. sat behind. him. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's that that's, that's wow. Because you know you got it, just that you got to do it justice. You can't f it up because the dude I'm playing is sitting behind me. Yeah. <laughs> because he said he's like he said yeah, Sasha Dewan. I love Sasha, however, yes. however much we've criticised his master on this podcast before. Mm. Whether, I, it be, whether it be the writing or the performance. Yeah, just everything about his master, really, we're not a fan of. No. But as a person, I genuinely love Sasha. Mm. All, all of the stuff he's, like, the, his other stuff, I love him in it. And Sasha as a person, as you said. Yeah, wonderful. I love it. Love and the he's, guy. I, remember, I remember seeing an interview as well where he said that he spent loads of time with Boris Hussein, getting to know him and become, and like, just trying to get his speech patterns and his kind of like personality and stuff. Imagine if that, you're going out with someone and they just, as the day progresses, they get more <laughs> like you. Yeah. He's, but he's, he said before that him and Waris Hussein are really good friends now. And I love that. Mm. And I just like, I just, I was like, I love Sasha Dewan in this, even though I now see his master and I'm like, going, ugh. But I still see him in this and I still see the Sasha Dewan that I love and Warris Hussein. Mm. The moment he showed up in this, I was like, wait, hey, it's, the, it's master. <laughs> but, Sasha Dewan is incredible. And in this he is incredible. Yeah. It's just, he just like, he's brilliant in this, you know? Mm. And it's just like it just makes me quite sad that, that the master we got doesn't work. Because Sasha Dewan could have been a great master mm. if the writing was better, if the characterization characterization was better. How did like how did that? Work? I don't get it, you know? How did it, it? it could like, have been. Let's not, bog let's not, down dwell, on, let's not yeah. dwell on it because we're praising... We're in a very good mood now. here. Yes. Let's not talk about the Jody era just before now because I think it's on a good track right now. Well, the reason I've not done a who knows in this episode is because I don't really want to talk about once, once yeah, me upon, upon a yeah. time. I was, I was just thinking, have we, we haven't done a who knows section. but uh, No, I purposefully skipped it because I mean, I still genuinely don't know what I think about hmm. it, but it's not very positive i've given i've given well actually i was going to say this okay i'd rather it very brief moment mm-hmm. but um first episode i gave five five out of 10. Mm-hmm. Second episode i gave nine out of ten because mm-hmm. i really loved that one mm-hmm. this one i gave three mm-hmm. so my my average for flux went was like seven out of ten i was going this is pretty good and it's now dropped to 5.6 because <gasps> it's like going look what one episode can do but anyway well let's not dwell on that mm. I've, well we just praised um um as as um I don't what, know the uh, Jessica Rain, Jessica Raine who plays Verity Lambert and is also in Doctor Who at some point yes as well. uh, she as Verity Lambert amazing mm-hmm. just want to praise her as playing Like eh, I think everyone who played everyone in this was amazing but her playing Verity there, it was just really just a, r- just really good Real, performance y- you know she really gave it piss and vinegar she really <laughs> did but I and but I also want to just praise um, Verity Lambert as a person because girl had piss and vinegar <laughs> Yeah, That's such a weird phrase, isn't it? What <laughs> the fuck? No, but she was strong and against the odds and... Passionate. And yeah, there was so much to that. It's like she was passionate in what she wanted to do and passionate in what she wanted to create. And every... Around her, even Sydney in some places, was against her, for God's sake, you know? Mm. And I love how she was able to just fight against that. And one of the... Key moments is where she goes to the um, set designer, production designer, actually, or whatever. Art, so he's, he might be a specific one. Goes in Of there, the art department. Of, of the, the art ABC. department variety, yes. <laughs> she goes in there and she's just like, I'm going to stay here until you make me yeah. a set. Just do it. And I love that. And then he does, and it's. I do love how he makes it in like five seconds. Maybe that was a bit dramatized, yeah, but it was a really. Likely it gets the point exactly to, but it, I, like, I love that and there are so many moments in this where verity is just basically fighting against everyone thinking they can't do this yeah you got other other highlight moments obviously with rex tucker when when he says when she says i believe you're appoint awaiting appointing awaiting the appointment of the permanent producer he goes oh is he with you and she just i just love the language goes you're looking at him right love that yeah. bit and i love the bit where Sydney is basically telling her to pull it, to call it a day, and she's like, going, "No, because you've not seen our Dalek mm. script yet, and, and this is going to be good." And then as she's walking out, she goes, "Oh yeah, give us a repeat, I give love us a that. repeat as well." And I just love that bit as well. And they did; it was repeated. So, it's, um, it's good; it did because if it because it you can't. It was smashed slap bang in the middle of the JFK yeah. assassination. assassination. JFK assassination. I mm. mean, no one would have no like as Hartnell says in the um film, no one's watching this. They're all watching the news. So they needed that repeat. So that it's such a small moment in the film. It shows Verity's character, but it's also that's such an important part of the history. Cause without that, people wouldn't have wouldn't really know what's going on. And if you don't know what's going on in the first episode, you're never going to watch the second. It's yeah. it's there are so many moments in this which are tiny. But they show you either the character or the history or both. Yeah. Like there's no scene in this I would cut. That's basically what it comes down to. I love every scene. Uh, just here. I'll uh, move on to something else in a moment. I do want to say something else here. But and that's the point just, of a podcast, Aiden. <laughs> just, just, just. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say one thing. Because we were <laughs> talking about Lambert, I'm just going to say now um, the relationship between Hartnell and Lambert as well. You're on my rock, as Hartnoll said. Yes. I love that whole thing. I love it just how much, again, that thing I was saying about him opening up with his emotions and really being able to be a better person and grandfather throughout when he's saying to her, I'm frightened. I've never played a part like this before. I don't know if I can really do this. I really like that because he's this, this stern old man who was born in a very long time ago. Um, Let me check while I just do this weird voice, heart and all birth. No, not, not by, that's not a word. He was born in 1908. He is a very oh, old. Wow. He is a very old man, and he is well. Technically, he was only fifty something here, but you know, he looks much older. But he is from that era of "We are men. We don't do it, da 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 da." And him just saying whether it's true or not, but definitely, it would be true that they had a great great relationship because it's emphasised so much. It would be, you know, true. I just love that he is in this, mm. r- regardless of whether it's true or not, just as a story for this film i don't just, i don't doubt it isn't based off some something. fact yeah because yeah. his grand his granddaughter was involved in the production yeah. of it yeah. but the whole thing where he's just saying i'm frightened i'm opening up to her and then even like when heather comes in and is saying i'm concerned about him and that's the woman that she thinks you know to go to and that kind of thing i look i love that because it just shows that it is a real tight-knit family making mm. doctor who And it does remind you of a more contemporary example like Russell and David and Catherine, for example, who are all really good friends. And it just reminds me of something like that. And I really uh, love that Mm. detail. Mm. So the thing I want to move on to next, because of the theming of this podcast, exterminating Doctor Who, the oncoming of the Daleks and that whole sequence. Really nice to see them. And I do like how it was like, they're just robots. and then. Verity. Lambert was like they're not, and then gives you the full backstory of the Daleks. Mm. They're not because of their mutations. Blah, blah blah blah. That was cool, and then also seeing how that <laughs> cameraman <sighs> guy was just like, oh, you know, just like they're just whisks, and I'm like, yeah. yeah. And then when you see them in action, and the, the people behind the scenes say, that's actually yeah, they're actually quite creepy, aren't they? And yeah. then you see how children latch onto the daleks as this thing you know it's just the idea of the it's just again the idea of the daleks being more than just first they are scary they are good and it was nice seeing their introduction to people not just the characters their introduction to the wider world and how people received it great seeing it you know yeah because i love everything for the moment so i also love the, the, the music choice they put over it that when you get that shot of the guy you know, in, on the weird bikey thing that you have to make the Dalek move. You immediately know what that is, but it is purposely doing it, so it's building it up, and it mm. shows you the inside, then it shows you the skirt, and then it shows you the lamp and all of that kind of thing. Um, Intercut with, obviously, the JFK montage bit as well. You do not know what was happening there, but I was <laughs> like, oh my, this is very, this is quite dark. Because <laughs> actually, I was watching it today and I thought, are they trying to make you think that Sidney Newman's going to be assassinated? Because I thought they were trying to do a parallel between the Daleks and death, maybe. I don't know what. About, before, you you before, knew I knew, JFK, before I knew it was JFK, I was like, is this what they're going for? Yeah, but I thought it was really weird because obviously I knew what, it, I knew what it's going to be. I thought it was really weird. It's doing like a shot where it is like a sniper comes down like that. And then it shows you a shot of Sydney Newman walking up and down next to a window. And I thought, are they trying to go, Sidney Newman's going to be assassinated? I thought, are they doing here? And then you see the Dalek I This is taking quite an artistic <laughs> license, hasn't <laughs> it? Sidney Newman gets assassinated <laughs> and then the Daleks are real. <laughs> yes, well, isn't well, it hold it, hold on. Of, was this was his history? That's um, An Adventure of Space and Time as directed by Tarantino, isn't it? When he does his own spins and his There'll be loads of free <laughs> and just <analogous laughs> be an arsehole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, everything, when you see that and that music is just really ominous as they're going in and you see everything in the studio. And you have to remember that we do think we do at Daleks now and we go, bit naff, really. Really, the design, if you really think about it. But they can be scary. you got to think that at this time, this would have been... I mean, we spoke about Dalek, for God's sake, last week. Exactly. But you would have been like, at this time, that would have been terrifying. Mm. Actually, because, you know, the first time we see them, it is just... i believe you just barbara's against the wall and screaming "Ah!" and you just see the you know the plunger and the thing come in to shot and then credits that's all you see and then the next episode you get the exterminate Ian, and you get all of this stuff going on they would have been Mm. terrifying there is notoriously uh, in the 60s there was it's been dubbed dalek mania when suddenly it was like going like the two peter cushing films for example where i go daleks are popular let's make a film daleks a bunch of load toys came out as you saw there was a fancy dress costume daleks got their own line of comics like everything went crazy for over daleks there's a very famous picture of john lennon doing a signing or something and there's a full-size dalek behind him and that's a very famous picture because people go this is the moment when the 60s peaked because beatles mania met dalek mania and that's just the most 60s picture you could ever see and i just love how it treats them like it does this ominous music and all this kind of thing to point out this is a really big deep this is a really big turning point for the show at this point because it is like people may have enjoyed on unearthly child they may have it doesn't really focus on whether they did or not in this episode because it is a bit of a slog of an episode because they're basically just sat in a cave for about three parts trying to light a fire you know this isn't great tv when it gets to the daleks yes it is way too long as we've discussed before but it is a massive turning point. And that bit when they're on the bus, whatever reason she's on the bus, she never explains. But you get like, you know. Well, she does. She said she wanted to um get to know their audience. Well, I, know, actually... but I don't think that's the reason she got the bus. Though. But to it's be fair, that is actually what, that, 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 is what she said. some uh, people do do. Maybe, well, maybe, sure. maybe she. Maybe I she's, don't really think it is. Maybe she sure. was following someone. Maybe she was on the beat. I think she was just being a bit witty there but um the bit where they the just going next day and next day and you just see her like wait 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 what and then she looks at them i love that moment and all the way to um in the park when they're like going when are the dogs coming back you just see how integral they are to doctor who's success as well and how you know this is a major mm. point for doctor who and i i just love that whole sequence like full 10 minutes however long it is i just love all of that the whole Dalek bit. We got to see... Yeah, because the Daleks are, as we discussed last week, they're an integral part of the Doctor and the entire world of Doctor Who. But it was really nice just seeing how people perceived the Daleks at the time. Because mm. it's... These days that people do perceive them as... Oh, it's the Daleks again. But they're still good episodes, usually. But back then, such a new thing. And for this new thing, which they are basically just tins on wheels, to be... So impactful, it's like, huh? I see why they're still around, mm. you know, because people was, loved them so much when they originally were a thing. This is why they're so iconic. Like when Hartnell points out, look, they've made it into the political comic strip that you get in, <laughs> in the satirical <laughs> bit. You get in newspapers, and it's just like, look, 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 what the impact we've had. And I just look. I just love. I love. I love it. I think it's a really great representation of that. That the quote where it says in it. Um, Hartnell says I always said there was only one man who could take over apparently that's a real quote there is some debate as to whether it was a manufactured quote you know you get these kind of corporate things yeah. that they put out there but the the idea that, that he could he could have said there is only one man who could possibly take over and that is Patrick Troughton is allegedly something Hartnell mm. did really say and it was it was in the papers and that kind of mm. thing he was always he always said that he loved Troughton and he loved Pertwee mm. he loved their doctors because even if they were doing something different he loved that doctor who was still on tv and he loved that people were still appreciating it so i just i just having him leave for those reasons is just like this just adds to that magical thing because he's like saying i'm gonna step away because i have to but you carry on because you need to and i just love that and i think the episode the episode the film actually ending with matt Smith cameo, and then you get the updated where they are, and then you get the clip of real heart, real heart. And all. I think that's the perfect end for it, just to kind of be like, and here's the real man himself doing the iconic. Already, I know this off by heart. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there'll be no regrets, no tears, or anxieties. Just go forward, and all your beliefs and prove to me is that I am not mistaken in mind. Goodbye, Susan. It just does that bit at the end. I think that's. I'm glad you 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 weren't cast. <laughs> it just does that great. And that's a perfect end for it. Just that moment yeah. there. And then when I was seeing that Reddit. moment, my, I was thinking, I, I, I prefer this. Like the way, like the way Hartnell did it. I was like, it's not, no, 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 no tarnishing David Bradley's performance, but it was just like seeing Hartnell do it. I was just like, yeah, you're the, the first doctor. doctor. Yeah. You know? Cause that's when you are the that, first doctor. At that point, you kind of, you are watching The Doctor, but you go, oh, this is, really is Hartnell. This has given me this, this whole f- film. It's really hard not to say episode, because we always talk about episodes. Yeah. Has just given me appreciation for Hartnell as a person. Mm. Show me Doctor Who's past and all that kind of thing, and that's great. But one thing it's done, which is a big takeaway is Hartnell. Yeah. yeah, Hartnell as a person and giving me this connection to him, you know? Mm. And if I watch Classic Who in the future, if I do watch a first ep- first um, Doctor episode, I'll be able to enjoy it more because I'll know the person. Mm. But really, the big takeaway, if you had to say what is the one thing to take away, it really is just Hartnell and his love and protection for Doctor Who. And that is why I love this so mm. much. and watch it about three times a year since its release because I'm just like, it's it just amazing. Mm. I finally get why you like it. Yes. And why you praise it. And I, what I don't get is why I don't hear about it more from other people. You know? I think it's probably because of one of those things that came out. The fans watched it, but it's not really, didn't really break through to public. Mm. Kind of thing. should do. Because it is. Re-release it. Do a repeat. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, what you should do. Yeah. yeah. I, they could probably do that for the 60th, actually. Probably repeat it, actually. Mm. That'd be good. Do a new one. But it's just about more, David did, <laughs> Mark Gates has actually tried, it was something he actually tried to make for years. Mm. Like he said, he said that he was trying, he was like pitching it in like the late 90s, the early noughties. Like said, I want to make this film. I want to make this And then the Doctor Doc Who's 40th anniversary in 2003, Like, going, I want to make this because Doctor Who wasn't back on TV and it was still seen as something a bit naff. They just didn't really let him do it. And you know that comedy sketch that he does with David Walliams? Yeah. He did that instead. But you can see that is him channeling him wanting to do this project. He's going, let's make a comedy skit about the creation of Doctor Who because you can see he really wants to make this when he finally came to the 50th. Obviously, his best buds with Stephen Moffat. Like, give me a green light. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> there, there you go. And then made this, which is just incredible and probably one of the best things Mark Gatiss has ever written. Mm. If it's not it's, the best. It's, I, think it's an, I think it's an amazing Doctor Who celebration but also yeah. i think it's just a hell of a film it is yeah like it's a really good film yeah it's great i love underdog stories and doctor who is it's nice knowing it's an underdog story more than anything because it's like i love underdog fil- underdog stories underdog films amazing of my favorite to watch yeah and it's like doctor who was one of them oh great yeah. you know it's brilliant film just if you like films go watch this just everyone go watch this all. Oh, if you totally. have any interest in Doctor Who or ever at any point, if you have any interest in the history of broadcasting, if you have any hi- interest in how TV is made, mm. there are so many things that it's just like, just watch it because it will just make you appreciate it so much more and you if will you just like, find a love for yeah, it. Yeah, if you like the history of the teleprompter, you'll get a kick yes, out of this. Yes, you will, yes. But yeah. no. If you have, Do you have anything else to add? No, but so final thoughts. Final thoughts. Oh, I do, actually. Final thoughts. Let me get to my final note here. Oh, do, do you want to read it? Can you read it from here? Amazing. Yeah, big amazing. Oh, I could, just above that, I just see Matt Smith. Three pluses. <laughs> 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 no. Uh <it's> amazing. <laughs> Honestly, brilliant, fantastic. Um, brilliant, fantastic. Oh, yes. Geronimo. Um, everyone say, wee! <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and... Whatever Jodie's catchphrase is. But she doesn't have one anymore, does she? She doesn't have any more, does she? That's yeah, her can, catchphrase. Caparity doesn't have one either. He does. So he well. says, let everyone say we, and he says one. it twice. <laughs> that is his catchphrase. <laughs> I think this is um, brilliant. It's just. A- and I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Because it's, it's from me as well. Go watch no, it. Just watch it. I have no faults with it when I'm being nope. critical. I have no faults with it when I'm just watching it. It's kind of like one of those comfort watches you have. You just go I fancy something. It's like if you go, oh, I fancy I fancy Doctor Who. Well, can I be bothered with an episode? I fancy classic Doctor Who, but I can't be bothered with black and white. I'm gonna go to an Adventure Space and time. I just love it. I will never say a bad word about it. I will recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it. Hmm. It is perfect mm. and that is that for this week mm. next week mm. despite the fact we are doing series two which means we are doing the episode that everybody loves because that means they should all be great doesn't it doesn't it well, well next week we're doing Rosa uh-huh. mm. an episode that people love and mm. you may be listening to this going why what is he hinting at here I haven't seen Rosa. Well, it be my first Probably time watching. For the it. Best. <laughs> but, but right, basically, I've heard good things from the wider population. From Aiden himself, I can't stand it. Yeah. But all will be revealed <laughs> next week. Mm. So join us then. And until then, goodbye. Bye bye.